0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Everyone good? You're looking fantastic. Uh, One more time, Bonnie, can we just welcome our online campus who's joining us here today? We're One Church in eight locations and it's so cool to be able to be here uh beck sends her love and her regards she's just got back last night from replenished conference in wellington and she's completely lost her voice so she's currently like i said bye babe we're going to church she's like Ugh. didn't know whether to say be healed or come out in jesus name i don't know but no <laughs> she's watching online too right now i'm so sorry babe i love you praying for you I may or may not go home today. (laughs) I might just find another place to go. Welcome to any guests and stuff we've got hanging out here today. So cool to have you with us as well. Um, And We're in this series called A Little Bit of Wisdom. Before I preach, I want to let you know that we have a small group leaders sign up today. This is a huge part of our church. Huge part of who we are is uh, we're a church of small groups. We're not a church with small groups. We're a church of small groups. Small groups are the place where you get to grow in God, share your gifts with people, encourage one another, take steps of faith. And if you're not currently in community with some people in the life of this church, I want to... One hundred percent encourage you to do so online same as for you there 's online small groups that you can be a part of really you 're if you don 't if sunday is the only taste of church you get, you're missing out on so much. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you are in the room today and you even got like a little inkling that maybe God's speaking to you about leading a group, you can bring it around any interest you have, any hobby you have, come and see the team in the cafe afterwards and they will love to talk to you and sign you up to be a small group leader. We'll train you, we'll give you everything you need. You don't have to have all the answers. We're going to help you on the journey. It will be our joy to, to help you take that step of faith. Does that sound cool? Awesome. All right, we've got this series called A Little Bit of Wisdom, and I've called this message Dollars, Debts, and Private Jets. Dollars, Debts, and Private Jets. You have no idea how long it took me to write that title. It was like a day, a whole day of brainstorming, and uh, so be blessed by that. The heart of this message is really to explore what the book of Proverbs says about financial wisdom. Financial wisdom. And I know this is like a big topic, and this can sometimes feel like a bit of a, like a, a hot topic, a bit of an edgy topic to talk about in church. Um, but here's the reason why I want to talk about financial wisdom and why I want to explore what the book of Proverbs says about that. It's because for most of us, most of our issues, worries, concerns, frustrations, limitations, all stem around money. All simmer on how, like, do we have enough? Do we not have enough? What are we doing with it? How is it working? Like, for most of us, we could narrow down a lot of our discussions with our spouse are around things like money, right? So the thing is this, the book of Proverbs is full, like jammed full of amazing wisdom on how we can live with a level of financial wisdom. In fact, the Bible is loaded. Jesus preached more about money than he did about heaven, hell, and love combined, well, it's a huge issue. It's a huge part of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I want to live my life not owned by money, but owning money. Like, I, want to, I don't want to be controlled by money. I want to control it. I, I want to live with a degree of financial freedom and liberty so I can serve God, so I can go after whatever call God has on my life. I don't want to be limited and restricted and held back by, by money. And so what I want to do is dive into the book of Proverbs and see what it says. Now, quick disclaimer, I am not a financial expert by any means. I failed school certificate maths twice. And That's not a joke. I actually failed it twice. I increased my percentage fail by 2% on the second go-round. <laughs> I'm not a financial expert. Some of you are. I'm not, but what I am is a student of the Word of God. And what I want to do is let the book of Proverbs lead us today. Let's let it lead us. Let's let God direct our conversation and direct our wisdom so that we can actually align our lives with what he would have us do and how he would have us live with our finances. Because I I really think if we can get a handle on this, there's so much more to it, but if we can get a handle on this, I think this could be a game changer for your life, for my life. Like If we can align our lives with the word of God in terms of financial wisdom, it could change everything for you. I also want to make this clear that this is not a give more money to church message. Because I know some of you thought that as soon as I said that. As soon as you heard the title, like, I know what he's talking about. This is not, this is not a, a give more money to church message. This is a financial wisdom message. How can we live, how can we as a church get a better understanding from the word of God about how he wants us to live and operate with our finances and go, get ourselves to a place of financial freedom? Is that cool? All right, so what I've done is I've taken the book of Proverbs and I've condensed it into three different financial wisdom statements. And this is not encapsulating all of it, but these are three dominant themes that I saw coming through. Are you ready? If you're taking notes and you want to get to heaven, you should take notes. Number one, financial wisdom is this, downgrade your dependence on debt. Financial wisdom statement number one, downgrade your dependence on debt. I have two children, one is eight, one is 11, and um, often as a parent, you need to borrow things from your children. There comes a point where you're like, man, I, just, I, I, I need that, you have it, I don't have it, I need to borrow Like, my kids always have money, like cash money. I never have cash. Who, like, I never have cash on me, but sometimes like, oh, the school's having a mufti day, we need $2. I'm like, I have $2. What am I going to do? Go to the bank and go, can I take out $2, please? Like, I... Like, I don't have, but they always have cash. I don't know where they get it from. They probably steal it from under your seats after church. It's probably what they do. From their grandparents. I don't know, pray for my children. They're just out of control. From their grandparents, from, I don't know, but they seem to have cash. I'm like, buddy, can I, can I, listen, I need to borrow you some cash. Can I borrow your cash? And this is their response. When you borrow something from your kids, this is what happens. Yeah, but you owe me. I owe you. I owe you kid like everything you have is because of me the bed you sleep in I bought that bed the house you live in I'm paying the mortgage on that house the food you eat I bought that the laundry I do that like your toothbrush that's my toothbrush I bought that toothbrush in fact take your shoes off those are my shoes I don't owe you I own you That's what it is I'm not in debt to a 10 year old give me a break then my wife is like, don't worry, sweetie, we'll pay you back. I'm like, babe, you're undermining my parenting. She's going a listen here. Let's talk about debt for a second. Proverbs 22:26 26 says this. Do not be one who shakes hands and pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. Not all debt is bad. Like, let's just make that clear. Not all debt is bad. But here, debt for stuff that you don't need is bad. Let's agree on a few things. Debt you'll struggle to repay is bad. Debt for stuff that is beyond your stage in life is bad. Debt to buy things that you don't need and that you could otherwise live without is bad. That kind of debt is not good debt. And I see so often, um, and maybe it's my generation or whatever, but I see so often that a mindset that we have that pushes us into debt is this statement. I deserve this. I deserve this. I've worked hard this week. I deserve this. I deserve that big splash out on that meal out. I deserve it. I deserve that. That's the car I deserve. I deserve that because I'm a queen. (laughs) I, I deserve that. I I listen, I deserve that I've worked hard all year I deserve that high Listen the question is not do you deserve it the question is can you afford it <laughs> I knew this young couple once and and they um newly married in great jobs uh, both successful, but starting out in life. And what they, what they were doing, which was so troubling to me, was they kept getting themselves in debt to buy things that they wanted, but didn't actually reflect the season of life they were in. So they were borrowing money from the bank, personal loans. They were borrowing, borrowing money from their parents. Parents don't do this. Borrowing money from their parents to buy the car they wanted and the holiday they wanted and the house they wanted, but it was way beyond their means and their current season in life. And so now they're in a place where they are financially crippled and in a terrible position, owing money to so many different places because they were trying to live tomorrow's life today. And a lot of our debt is this, it's us trying to live tomorrow's life today. I want that, that, but that's not your season. Like you you may want that car or that that slightly nice car, whatever, but does that car reflect your current season? Does that car reflect your current paycheck, your current like, st- stage in life? So many of us, we fall into the trap of wanting what our parents have now. Your parents got a 30-year head start on you, bro. Like, you'll think, oh, but I want to have a five-bedroom house. You can afford a two-bedroom unit attached <laughs> with no garage. Like, stop, s- stop trying to overreach your season Because all that's doing is putting you into debt. And here's, listen, the only debt that Bex and I have in our life is our mortgage. That's the only debt we have. The only debt we ever have is our mortgage. We've never had higher purchase. We've never bought anything on finance. We've never bought, like, maxed out credit cards for holidays, nothing like that. If we want it, we save for it, and we buy it. We try our best to live within our means. Why? Because of this, Proverbs 22, check this out. The rich rule over the poor, the borrower, is a slave to the lender, a slave to the lender. When you get yourself into that place of debt where you've overreached and you've overstepped and you've tried to live tomorrow today and you find yourself in a position now where like, I am just, my whole life is just focused on my debt. I'm a slave to it. My thoughts, my waking, my sleeping, my working, all I can do is serve the debt. It's all I'm worried about. And it eats me up and it consumes me. Now, listen, if you're in the room today and you are in debt, if you're in significant debt, if you're in like maybe marginal debt, whatever, if you're in debt, can I just say to you today, there is no judgment from me. No judgment from us as a church. There's no shame in that. Listen, I know life has happened and maybe you've made poor choices, but maybe life just happened. And by by like just, you had to do something to survive. Or you had to do something just to get through, and you've got yourself into a place of debt. We all have a story, we all have a journey, and that's okay. So if you're in debt right now, don't feel like I'm shaming you or like putting you down or nothing like that. Let's just acknowledge where you are, and and the first step to financial wisdom is to downgrade your dependence on debt. Let's start to make a plan to make sure that is no longer the dominating factor in terms of your finances with God. It's so clear in the book of Proverbs. Downgrade your dependence on debt. It's a great step to financial wisdom. Now listen, if you, if you want some homework today, and I know you came to church going, man, I hope Steve gives us homework. I really do. Like I've got nothing to do this afternoon. I'm, gonna, I'm just praying and believing that homework is coming today. Here, here's, here's your home, homework. Go home and have a look at your debt and start to make a plan to downgrade your dependence on it. Like, start talking to some smart people, some wise people. We, at this campus right here in Botany, we have a CAP, Christians Against Poverty Debt Center. We've seen through that center over the last 10 years, 100 families go debt-free. So if you're, I know, amazing, right? Incredible. Uh, Pastor Charlene's leading that ministry, doing an amazing job. Nora before her. Listen, like, we have got the resources and tools to help you. If you're in debt, email help at elamchristiancenter.org.nz. No shame, no judgment. We want to help you get free from this burden. Does that sound cool? Okay, financial wisdom, downgrade your dependence on debt. Number two, write this down. Show me the money. Show me the money, Jerry. Show me the money. Half the church are with me, half the church are like, no idea what this guy's on, pray for him. My personality doesn't lend itself well to details like I just don't I don't follow details well. I don't remember details well. I don't I know there's a bunch of my friends on the front row who are just nodding at me. Like I'm quite impulsive, quite spontaneous. I like I like listen, if there's a way to do something, I want to know what the fun way is. I don't know what, I don't want to know the easy way, the clear way, the efficient way. What is the fun way? to do this. Like if we're running a meeting with us, st- I drive my staff nuts because we're in a meeting. I'm like, this meeting's boring. Let's have fun. Like we start making jokes and, it was, and Bex is like shaking her head at me. I don't like instruction manuals. I don't like recipes. I don't like being told how to do something. I want to have options. I want to have freedom. Uh, like even the other day, like Adrian, I bought a new TV for our house and Adrian was like, oh, hey bro, like what's the, what's the specs on your TV? How big is it? I was like, it's about that big. <laughs> what's the specs man? Oh, deal. I was like, the specs are TV, it's, it's, it's TV, it shows pictures that move, it's, it's TV, this plays out really like interestingly for me like when I was at university, I did nothing until the night before an exam or an assignment, I'm like nothing, it's boring to study, I don't want to do that, it's not fun, why would I do that early? I'll wait until I really have to, and then I've got some motivation to do it. Every assignment for me was done at 4 a.m. the day before. And and like, I know, you're so judgmental. (laughs) (laughs) My plan is this. I'll figure it out. When it gets to the point, I'll figure it out. I don't need to know. So as you can imagine for me, a common answer to a lot of questions is I don't know. So what are we doing today? I don't know. Steve, what day is it? I don't know. What's the date? I have no idea what the date is. Like, when's your dad's birthday? Nope, don't know. I have no idea. Like, I just don't know the details of anything. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. What's for dinner? I don't know. I just don't know. Listen, how many of us, when it comes to our money, would have the same response? How much money you got? I don't know. Where is it going? I don't know. What happens to it when you get paid? I don't know. Where did it all go? How many of you sat there and gone, where did our money go? We had money. We don't have money. What happened in between? I don't know. How much debt are you in? I don't know. How much savings do you have? I don't know. Do you have a buffer? I don't know. Do you have a margin? I don't know. Do you have a plan for your financial freedom? I don't know. Do you have a plan to live generationally so your kids don't start in the position you started in? Because that's a biblical model, not just going, I started with nothing so they can start with nothing. That's not biblical. Clear that up. (laughs) <laughs> someone's laughing about this. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's like a conviction laugh, like a ha, 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 ha. Or, <laughs> oh gosh, Lord help us. Yet we want financial freedom, but we don't know. And so maybe sometimes we, we spiritualize it. Well, I'm just believing God. I don't What's going on with your money? I don't know, we're in, we're in trouble, we're in debt, but I'm just believing God for a financial breakthrough. How about this? Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. doesn't say good praying, although I believe that praying is beneficial. I'm a pastor of a church. I believe in prayer being beneficial. I believe that prayer can bring breakthrough. I believe, believe that God does move supernaturally and brings overflow and abundance. But this proverb doesn't say that good praying and believing brings prosperity. It says good planning... And hard work. So maybe you're sitting there going, God, I want the breakthrough, and God's going, I want a plan. I want you to make a plan. God is looking at you going, Proverbs twenty-seven, twenty-three. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds, for riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. What that's saying is this: what is the state state of your sheep? How many you got? What do they look like? Are they sick? Where are they coming? Where are they going? What's the state of your bank account? What's the state of your finances? What's coming? What's going? How, what does it look like? How is it growing? Is it growing? Is it multiplying? Is it producing more? Is it going backwards? Is it getting sicker? Is it getting healthier? Where is that going in and coming out? Do I have a budget? Do I have some savings? Proverbs 6.6. 6. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Hmm. Came to church to be encouraged. Pastor called us lazy bones. I I didn't write this one. This is God. This This is not in my handwriting. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. What that says is this. Don't keep living paycheck to paycheck. Gather when you can. Build margin and buffer so that you can live in a state of financial freedom. Now, if you're currently living paycheck to paycheck, I have a heart for you because I've been there. Like we've been there as a family where we have not been financially wise and we're living like literally paycheck to paycheck where we get three days out from payday and we've got 20 cents in our bank account and Bex is going, don't buy milk, don't buy bread. We just got to eat whatever's in the cupboard because we got nothing. You can't spend any more money. Listen, it's, it's part of what we need to do to go, what have I got? What's coming in? Where's it going? And I need to sit down and make a plan. For some of you, this is the best thing you could do after church today. And I know we didn't want homework, but you're getting it. So go home and go, hey, show me the money. What does it look like? What's coming in? What's going out? Where's it going? How much am I paying on stuff that I don't use? How many TV, like, on-demand subscriptions do you have that you don't watch? Netflix and Amazon and whatever the other ones are. TV. (laughs) TV. Maybe sit down, make a plan. We can help you with that as well. And I know there's probably people in your world who are accountants and people who are financially savvy who can help you make a plan. We can help you make a plan. Email help at Elam Christian Center. We can help you along this journey. But the best thing you could do is just sit down and go, let me see what's going on. Let me get fin- some clarity on what's happening. And then I can start to live with a degree of financial wisdom. Now, how you structure that, there's a whole lot you could do in that. And there's so much more in the word of God that will give you clarity on how to structure what you're doing with your finances. But there's a whole nother day. Ben, you guys can Number three, my last thought is this, from the book of Proverbs, financial wisdom means, number three, so to grow. So to grow. Hmm. I was in youth ministry for eight years. Um, That's why I'm bald. (laughs) I was in youth ministry for eight years. If you've ever done youth ministry, you'll know that there's always like one kid who becomes a little bit like a Klingon. It's like the kid that shows up who's just a little bit more needy than everyone else, who almost like just latches onto you and is everywhere, like always there. And they're like, like you show up to youth and, and I, like I'd show up to get ready and it, like this one kid, Matt came like this, he was already there. I like walk in the door and he's like, hey Steve, I'm like, oh Matt, you're here, bro. Wow, okay, cool. Like every night, every Friday night, and then, then like, like start showing up like during the week, like you're like working on the computer. Hey, Steve, Matt, what are you doing? Like, bro, calm down. You'd be halfway through like packing down and then like turn around to move some chair. And Matt, whoa, you're just like, yeah, you know, just you start showing up, mowing my lawns. Matt, what are you doing here? Just like, this, like this, this kid couldn't get away from him. Like he was at everything, showed up to everything, there early, there late. It's just like, he just like, just clung on. And no matter what I did for like four years, couldn't shake this kid, he was just everywhere. You know, there's some things in the Word of God that you just can't get away from. You just can't escape from them. No matter how you go, no matter how you run, you cannot get away from it. One of those things in the Word of God is sowing to grow. Sow to grow. This is, now, I want to again reiterate, <laughs> this isn't a give more money to church message. It's not what this is. But I can't give you a teaching on financial wisdom and neglect this, because this is paramount. This is everywhere, everywhere. Like I challenge you to go through the whole Bible and find this, because it's a thread that weaves everywhere. Sowing in order to grow. Proverbs eleven twenty four says this, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Wow, that's so counter to the culture of our world. Our, the culture of our world says, keep everything and get more wealthy. Like, get more, and then you become more wealthy. But the economy of God is like flipped upside down. He's like, no, you got to understand something a little bit different. You give freely, and you become more wealthy. Because God's purpose for us, He designed us not to be a dam, but a river. A dam holds on to it all, a river lets things flow. And the great thing about a river is it's never in lack. There's always more moving. One year I decided, like I remember, I've been in church for like over 20 years, and I remember all the time hearing preachers go, You can't outgive God, you can't outgive God, you can't outgive God. And I was like, Well, I'm gonna try. So one year I, I dedicated my life this one year to, this is about five years ago, I was like, I'm gonna outgive God. So I kept, I had a journal and I kept a record of every single thing I gave away. So any tithes, any offerings, any gifts I bought for people, any like like I mean not just like birthday presents, I mean like just random gifts. I mean if I gave someone money or if I gave someone I bought something for somebody to bless them, I just kept a tally, a dollar figure of everything. And then on the other side of the journal, I kept a tally of everything that came in unexpected, over and above like what I earned or whatever. And it was crazy. By the end of it, I was getting crazy with it because I was just giving anything away. Just like, hey, oh you look like you need money here. Like I just I was just trying so hard. Every offering I was like babe we're gonna I'm doubling it. I'm doubling the offering. We're gonna give like I was just going crazy. And what was amazing is at the end of the year I sat down and I tallied it all back up and the what I had received now what I'd received it was everything from like someone giving you a, a bag of like mandarins. I was like I'm gonna go to a countdown I'm gonna find out what those cost. And I'm going to tally that up. I'm going to keep a record. I'm just keeping a record. Everything. Someone give me like a rant. I'm just going to keep a record. A pair of shoes. I'm going to keep a record. And what I, what, at the end of it all, I tallied up. What, what had come in was 10 times more than what I'd given. 10 times. Almost like, this was crazy. It was almost to the exact dollar. 10 times. I was like, man, it's true. You just can't. And, it, and it, what it did for me is it, it helped me to unlock and step into this amazing principle of God, which is sowing to grow, a financial like a financially foolish mindset says something like this: Once I have enough, then I'll honor God. Once I have enough, then I'll, once I have enough and I have overflow, then God can get some. But the financially wise know that we honor God first, and then we experience overflow. Proverbs three nine says this: Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the best part of everything you produce. Then. He will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Have a look at the timeline of that. Honor God first and then you'll have the overflow. Not the overflow first and then honor God. Honor God first and then you'll see the overflow. Proverbs also talks a lot about money being a trap. It's like a trap that can ensnare you. So many people money has you money's not bad money's not evil the love of money is evil money itself isn't evil but for many of us money has us because it's a trap the best way to escape a trap is to give away the thing that will trap you if there's a trap that's going to trap you give it away can't trap you anymore if you want to be free from the trap of money the best thing you could do is live a generous life to give away, to, to live a life of generosity, of giving, tithing, giving in offerings, helping the poor, supporting the marginalized, looking after people. It's, it's an amazing, amazing step in gaining financial wisdom. Um, as we honor God first, what we do is we position ourselves for that overflow and that abundance. And listen, you'll only know, you'll only know this principle when you start to apply it. You can hear people talk about it. You can hear people preach about it. You can hear people go, oh man, I believe. Until you take the step and go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test God on this. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna take a step. Only then will you start to understand what this principle really looks like. Up until that point, you're just a dam. When you open that up, you will understand the river of God that moves. For some of us today, I think this is one of the greatest financial wisdom revelations you can start to understand is sowing in order to grow. Here's some homework. I know you were looking forward to that part. Just have a look at what you're sowing. That's all, that's all you gotta do. Just go and have a look at your finances and have a look at what, what am I sowing? Am I sowing? Am I sowing anything? Am I, am I holding everything to myself or am I beginning this process and this journey of sowing and being generous and, and giving above and beyond and tithing and all that kind of stuff? Am I a river or am I a dam? See, my heart for us as a church and the reason I wanted to preach this message uh, and do this teaching is because I want us to be a church that is not constrained or restricted individually and corporately by finances I don't want this to be a burden on your life I don't want you to live a life generationally where it's just a burden on you I want us the church to live in a place like when we align ourselves with the word of God and with God's way for something we start to step into the supernatural and I want to encourage each of us to begin to live a financially wise life, why? So you're free so you're free so, so money doesn't have you you have money So you're free to pursue the call of God. Free to do what you wanna do. Free to do what God leads you into and how God leads you to live your life and where He wants you to go. Imagine if you were so free that you could just follow the call of God. This is, for some of us, just the starting point of going on that journey. Can I pray for you, church? Is that cool? Come on, let's pray. I wanna pray today just quickly for for four different groups. I wanna pray for those in the room that are struggling financially. I wanna pray for financial just overflow and abundance in your life. I know there's some stuff you've gotta need to do, but I wanna pray for that. Whether you're in the room or you're online, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for the business owners in the room because I really wanna see your business and what God's called you to do as you live a life kingdom-orientated, to see God's abundance flow in your life as well. I wanna pray for those in the room who have the gift of giving. It's a spiritual gift. Um, You can read about it. It's a gift that you can use to be such a blessing to the kingdom of God. And I also want to pray lastly for all of us to have wisdom. God, I thank you for every person here. I bless them. I pray right now for those in the room who are struggling financially, for those online who are in their homes who are struggling financially, who just are like, man, we just can't get through. God, I pray for abundance. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for wisdom. Lord, that the wisdom of your word would direct their lives, that they would see the abundance and overflow of God as they seek and serve you first, as they align their lives with your word. Father, I pray that you would help us to downgrade our dependence on any debt, that we would look in and get a plan in place for what we're doing for our finances, both now and in the future. And God, I pray right now for the business owners. I pray for those in the room that have their own business, who uh, uh, run different kinds of industries and businesses and projects, God, I pray that you would give them favor, give them wisdom. I pray for abundance. I pray for an outpouring of your spirit on them that they would just have clients and people coming to them that would be brought to them by you and as they honor you, as they seek you, God, I pray that you would use their businesses to expand your kingdom both in the corporate world and in the kingdom of God. And God, I pray for all of us that you would give us wisdom in all that we do, give us wisdom with our money, that we, we would be free to live for you, unburdened, unrestricted. And God, I pray for those in the room with a gift of giving. Lord, raise them up, that they would be such a blessing to the kingdom of God and those around them. Lord, I pray that you would give them an abundance, that they could continue just to pour out like that river. We ask this in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes to closed, I wanna pray one more prayer. If you're here today and and maybe you don't know Jesus, Maybe you've come in today, you're seeking, you're searching, and I know I've talked about financial wisdom, but I know that for some of you here today, you came here because you needed to get your life right with God. For whatever reason this week, you've been just been on your heart that, man, I just need to get to church because I need to get right with God today. And I want to let you know a couple of things. God loves you. God made you. God's got a great plan for your life. We all mess up. We all fall short of God's standard. The Bible calls that sin. And our sin, that separates us from God. And the payment for that sin is death. That's the debt that we owe. But God in His grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He paid the debt. He took upon Himself everything you and I would do for our sin. Then He conquered death in the grave and He rose again to new life. And He extends to every single one of you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, His grace. Forgiveness for all your wrongs. A brand new life that begins right here, right now get to walk into the plans of God for your life and then friends there's this great promise of eternity in heaven with him and if you're here today either online or in the room and you're not right with God but you want to be I want to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me I'm going to pray it out loud but you don't have to pray it out loud you just pray it with me in your heart but when you pray it I want you to mean it with everything you've got are you ready just say these words say God today I surrender my life to you I know I've sinned I know I've messed up, but I believe, Jesus, you died for me. So right now, I turn from my old way, and I turn to you. I ask you to come in, be the Lord of my life, take control. I choose from this moment to live for you, in Jesus' name just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed, if you prayed that prayer today, either for the very first time or maybe you're getting right with God today, I want to say to you, I'm very, very proud of you. Either online or in the room, you're amazing. So proud of you. And I want to invite you to take one little step of faith. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to be really brave right where you are. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high so I can see it. If you're online, there's a button coming up that says, I raise my hand. You can click that button if you prayed that prayer. This is a little step of faith. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to stand you up. Nothing like that. All I'll do is I'll see you and I'll acknowledge you. You can put it back down. This is a little step of faith. I want a little bit of action to the decision you made. Are you ready? On the count of three, if you pray that prayer. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high right now. saying, Steve, that's me. Yeah, thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, brother. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Online, thank you, thank you. To my right, to my left over here. Thank you, ma'am. That's awesome. That's awesome. We see you two online. That's so cool. Let's give a couple more seconds. Anyone else saying Steve? That's me. Just nice and high so I can see. Give me a wave. Thank you so much. Right down the back, young lady. That's awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing here today. I thank you that not only does your word lead us to financial freedom, but also spiritual freedom. God, I thank you for your love for those people who just responded to your gospel. I pray you bless them mightily right now in the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, church, you put your hands together for those people. Incredible. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.